correct me if I'm wrong, because you went to real people school. Mm-hmm. Can you bring a man to show and tell? Yes and no. You can't bring a man? You can and you can't. It depends on what show and tell and what school. Because, like... Because, like, it just depends. You gonna be okay, or are you gonna lose your shit over chat over there? I'm gonna poop my pants. Okay. <laughs> All right. So... Edward, welcome to episode two of Edward Scissorhands, the same way of cinema, that's America, I'm James. Edward goes to school the with Kevin. Fastest intro ever. I was fastest intro in the West. Edward goes to school and just does a show and tell sequence, and it's almost jarring, but it happens so fast that you don't have time to be like, oh, this doesn't fit. It just works. They also wild. clearly, like, rehearsed it because, like, he did little, like, motions every time, like, Kevin said something and, like, yep. they practiced. They practiced. It, it, it is a fun little sequence. Um, and then we have, a, like, a little awkward interaction after school where Edward just, like, shouts at Jim and Kim briefly. And I don't remember what for, but it was, like, meh. It, it didn't really have much impact on it other than to give an interaction between uh, Kim and Edward. Uh, and Jim sucks. Uh, and that, and then now, we begin the sequence of, oh, Edward has, like, a job now. And we've seen him uh, basically trimming everyone's hedges to be these fun shapes and things. Uh, they're kind of taking advantage of him in that way. Would you settle down? It's not a, sorry, in the conversation I'm existing in over in our chat world while uh -huh. this is recording, uh -huh. uh, trimming someone's hedges just sounded like a euphemism to me, and I just, I, <laughs> it's Edward gets molested in this movie. I know, it's an awful movie! So... Edward's been doing everyone's hedges and shit, and he's, like, just really getting in there, you know? Stop it! No. You're doing it on purpose now! Of course I am. Why wouldn't I? Uh, and now people start bringing their dogs to him because he randomly, like, cuts a dog's hair, basically. Yeah, he sees uh, a fluffy dog while he's, like, making this hedge work art, and uh -huh. he's just, like... Same. This, this skill translates. Same, same, but different. Like. And so now, like, the the neighborhood HOA committee of bitches brings around their dogs. And Joyce, in one of the most egregious things I've ever seen with my eyes. Um, Has, like, an orgasm. She, she, I, I'm gonna go into all the excruciating detail. Oh. Because it's too funny not to. She brings her dog to get the dog's haircut. And it's the only bad haircut he does until he starts doing it to people. Because uh, the dogs all look great. He does artistic haircuts. Yes, he does artistic haircuts. And it's it the, myst the mysticism of getting one of Edward's haircuts very clearly runs pervasive through the neighborhood. Um, but the, the haircut he does to this dog is... It's truly bad. It looks like a lion. It's it's so so bad, and 
Joyce, who is clearly neglected, is just so damn desperate to get this maybe a man, maybe not dick. We don't even know if he's anatomically built correct. He could be built different. Maybe he's got other appendages. We don't know. All right? He wears leather underneath his clothes. All I'm saying is the inventor didn't give him hands, so I don't think that the inventor would give him One of my penis. notes later does say, does Edward have a penis? Because I don't know. I don't think so. I'm going to assume no, because he's just sort of like leather. You can see his whole body. In fact, there is a sequence at one point. It's, it's when Vincent Price is reading in poetry and stuff where Edward is a torso. Yeah, his legs and are. And his legs are not attached to him and his legs are in the leather already. Yeah. His... So it's a, it's a completely fair and safe assumption that when he is found in the rooftop, he is quote unquote naked because he's just in that leather permanently. That's just what he was born in, basically. That's his body. That's his body. So Joyce being this horned up for him is that much fucking funnier because he isn't, he's not there. <laughs> like he's not going to show up for you. He's not built for it. And then mentally, again, he has the mentality he of like a, a four year old. So like this is wrong in many it, ways. It gets dark. So she asks him after this terrible dog haircut. Have you ever done a person's hair? Would you do mine? And he goes, uh. He was like, same, same, but different again. And just was like, sure. Right. So she sits down in this lawn chair and closes her eyes and goes to her special place while blades whir around her head. And you see her, she like lifts her legs and she grips the chair and you get... A Quentin Tarantino special of a close-up on MILF feet as the manicured toes just curl. It's pedicured. My mistake. Glad you fixed that. I, I this. caught it, but it took me a second. And she she gets a toe curler in her sandals and is just like, oh. And then the haircut's done. And she says, that's the most intense thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I was like, good God. This is a, he's just there, man. You gotta chill out. Just go get a book of smut or something and do yourself over there. Jesus Christ. It's, re it's upsetting. And it's almost funnier that none of the other housewives have this reaction. Which just tells you that all the other housewives are getting it. I mean, they've all gotten it at least once. There's children in the neighborhood. There so. are children in the neighborhood. Um, and from then on, we get a little montage of all the many, many haircuts that uh, get he Get progressively out. weirder. They are unhinged uh, Martha May Huvier-ass haircuts. Uh, Who hair looks it's, better? It's like if Tim Burton got a hold of Dr. Seuss hairstyles. That's what it is. It, that's just all it is, really. Um, There's it, a one-to-one -one parallel. And then there's a interesting moment 
where he goes out on an adventure with a random housewife from the neighborhood to get his knife hands sharpened. Uh, which we don't actually see happen. We It's an excuse for him to have a slow motion shot where he sees Winona Ryder's abdomen. <laughs> she does have a crop sweater. Because she's in a crop sweater. And they really like punch up the this is a high school senior you should have a boner. Just really punching it in there for the audience. Edward can't. He's just like pretty. And again, we don't know how like old anatomically or mentally Edward really is. So yeah, it's kind of like a very innocent love for him. He's just like I really care about this person and I like her and she's pretty. At the time of filming, Winona Ryder was 20 or 21. And Johnny Depp was 27, we found out. Not all that upsetting in terms of age gap wise, but they really like, they punch up the sex for Joyce and it's like a knowing cringe punch up. And then they also do it more subtly for Kim. I mean, way more subtly. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, oh, this is your rom-com moment, isn't it? But it's not really a comedy. It's more like an entertainment experience. I also apologize if you can hear chewing sounds in the background of this recording. Our dog has a bone. And it's very loud. At this point in my notes, I made a point to point out, haha, that we have not to this moment in the movie had conflict. And I was waiting for some. And so it came a knocking. Uh, and the conflict is Joyce molesting him. Are you going to skip over like the whole TV interview? I did because I didn't have notes about it. Okay, carry on. Uh, I mean, it was just, it, it's a, although there was a moment, we watched a little review of the movie afterwards, uh, just for funsies. And a moment was pointed out, he, he gets to go on TV because he's this like freak of nature. Um, and he goes on TV to sort of just be on TV. It's like a spectacle fielding questions from the audience. And one question is, is there a special girl for you? And it's very clearly the first time he's ever even considered the fact that there could be or would be or should be or is, uh, the film itself in a moment of walking back all the praise I had for it starts a budding romance for no reason out of nowhere and does not develop it at all in favor of letting him get molested by Joyce and also have a run-in with the police. Where you could have gotten away with making the back half of your movie a little rom-commy type deal, instead we have to be locked in the Tim Burton box of fucked up shit in your movie. Humanity sucks. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying it's wrong to do this. It's a social commentary. I, I mean, it I, had to happen. I like all the th sequences of the movie, 
in the way they happen, but we tease the idea of this rom-com relationship forming and we get a teaser and a payoff and there's nothing in between. Because it's not a rom-com, it's a tragedy. It's getting a sandwich with nothing in it. It's eating two pieces of toast without butter. It's a waste of a plot line because there's no meat to your sandwich. It's... They could have done a relationship between Kim and Edward. They could have. You have the opportunity. It's an hour 40 runtime. You have the time to do one. But instead of that, we continue to have sequences, and I'm not saying it's wrong to do this. We continue to have sequences of humanity affecting Edward in the negative, which is what the movie's about. And I don't think that's bad. I think that's good. I think it's bad to introduce the romance at all because you can't do all the things you wanted to do. You have to shortchange one. And they opted to shortchange the romance option in favor of the more effective storytelling. And I think that's fine, but why not just cut the romance angle at all? Because you don't do enough to make it feel valid or sensible. Well, how would you have the rest of the story happen, though? Because then Joyce is... Not Joyce. Kim is the one that, like, saves him. She's the one that's telling the story. Like, you have all... She can do all those things in a non-romantic way. Like, in a platonic way? Yeah. Just in a really... Because there's no... The, the whole relationship we're shown of Edward and Kim being together in any way is just the most platonic until it isn't. And it's it doesn't make sense. They don't conversate. She swoons over an odd individual, mostly because her boyfriend's a giant douche. It doesn't play. It doesn't play out in a sensible way that like checks out with, oh yeah, this is the way humans behave. In a movie where humans are explicitly behaving in ways that humans behave. True. In a movie about the social commentary on people fucking suck, you have a character who decidedly does not, along with the rest of her family. Kim doesn't suck. She's mediocre. Yeah, she's, she's lukewarm. She's not as good as the rest of her family. She right. has moments of suck, though. She sure, sure she does. She really doesn't do all that much to try to get Jim to go back to save him when it counts. She also let the whole thing fucking happen yeah, in the first place. Yeah, she doesn't fight the plan for the robbery. But she does come through in the end to redeem her shortcomings a little bit. And I think that's fine. You can have your little character redemption arc. But what relationship... Have you built up to the point that you get to the top of Edward's house with him and go, I love you? When? When did you? You've been negative to him at best till right now. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I don't like it. In a movie where almost everything else pretty much does make sense... This doesn't. It's odd. It's the only negative part about the movie for me, really. Because the rest is just very clearly commentary. And I think that's 
great. I, the only but this sucks. I think the only reason I could come up with to give it is to show that he has a heart, because that was like a big thing. Was he had a brain, a heart, and everything except hands, and that might be the only thing I could give for it. But you're right that you could show that in you a platonic way too. Like I mean, he saves Kevin. He saves Kevin. He so clearly has heart in a dozen other instances that doing a romance just shortchanges Winona Ryder's character and it shortchanges his character. I think it's a much more emotionally pivotal moment at the end of the movie if she isn't swooning for him. Like, if she's just like, you are part of my family now. And it's sort of like a feel-good, you're accepted into the family moment. Rather than a, oh, I want to bang you. I don't even think it's that kind of love. Well, yeah, it I think it's, isn't. Because we it's already more, deal with that. But, I think it's more of a romantic love. But at the same time, it's like, how did you, how did you, it's not even really about Edward. It's how did you... They set up his stuff a lot more than they set up her stuff. Yeah, they really sort of shortchanged Winona Ryder here. How did you get these feelings? He was carving ice and you danced? Is that it? The snow. Like She fell in love with the snow. Listen, snow's great. Snow's not a reason to start a romance with someone. It's just not. I mean, I can think of stupider romances. I can think of many stupider romances. Snow's still not a reason to start one. Anyways, let's go back to the molestation. Um, in a sequence that I did not ask for, but I got, Joyce is the second housewife to take Edward on a random errand that is decidedly not random. She gets him from wherever. It starts off And good. takes him to her new salon that she's opening. Which is fine. Uh, shows him all the stuff. He's sort of seeing it. He's going to be her. The, he's he's going to be, be the hair cutter. Yeah. It's all fine and dandy. And then she takes him to the back room and you go, uh-oh. And then she like puts him in a chair and you go, oh, oh no, not in my nice movie. And then she puts a strip tease together and you go, oh, man. And then she commits to the bit and climbs aboard the Edward train. Not let there's much there to begin with, but boy, does she sell it and overbalances the chair and it falls over and he panics and runs away. And from then on, the movie descends into chaos. Well, she got rejected and she got rejected. But also, I don't know if she was ever going to find what she was looking for. A scorned woman, though. And she's the one that starts turning she turns all the, the housewives against him. against him. So. So this whole interaction happens and Edward very innocently relays this to the family. And here's a downtrodden moment for Peg. Because Peg and Kim both pick up on what he was putting down. Not like he sugarcoats it at all. He just says what happened. Bill doesn't even register it. Kevin hears it. Bill is talking about some other shit. Peg and Kim both hear it and don't say a word. And Kevin's like, I would like to know more about your afternoon, Ed. 
But they, what the fuck? Like, Peg and Kim exchange, like, horrified glances because they know Joyce, so they're like, oh, Right, shit. they know that something's gone down, and they will not address it for the remainder of the movie. Yep. Which is bad. So then we go home, and we have, uh... Jim and Kim planning a robbery. As we have established earlier in conversation, Jim's dad is quite wealthy and owns a bunch of the best electronics, which he keeps in a room that he keeps locked and keeps very, very, very safe. And the only way that Jim is going to get his new bang van with a mattress in the back so he can get laid with Winona Ryder. He says all of this is for him to steal all of his dad's electronics and sell them to get a bang van. Now, I'll give him one moment in that there are a lot of lengths one would go to to get a bang van specifically so that Winona Ryder would sleep with you in the bang van from 1990. They already went to the mountains. They are clearly sleeping together. They also sure, went to yeah. the room but and was like... The whole point is to have a van so that they can do that themselves in a place where they won't get caught. That's the whole point of it. If they weren't going about it via crime, it's a relatively innocent thing to want to do. <laughs> like, we're already doing the nasty. Let's just get a van to do it in. Sure. It's not like they're going to... Do it to other people in the van. It's not like a much, it's not like a very sinister van. It's their van. Listen, if I was 21 in 1990, the lengths I would go to to get a van so that Winona Ryder would sleep with me in the van. Specifically Winona Ryder? Have you seen her in the movie? I have. <laughs> I'd do crime to get that van. If she was like, yeah, we're going to fuck in the van, I'd be like, what do I got to do to get this van? <laughs> what needs to happen to get the van? Sure, I can see it. Would I do this stupid of a crime? Probably not. Would you take the mentally underdeveloped person... Who can break into doors? Break into doors and then leave them there oh, to no. get a bang van? No, no, no. Okay. I think fast enough, I could come up with another reason why I accidentally let Edward into the room. I would so swing that story to make me out to be the good guy. Oh, I'm not trying to steal your stuff, Dad. I wanted to show Edward, our new friend, how cool this room is. Or even, like, I told him to go to the bathroom and he got confused. He got lost. Like, Dude, you could play this situation off a million different ways, and Jim just fumbles the bag in every way possible, and it ultimately results in his death. Jim fumbles the bag, dude. He's already sleeping with 1990 Winona Ryder. He's got her. She's into him at the time. And he thinks to himself, the way I can perpetuate this is to steal from my dad? What a dumbass. What an idiot. 
What a what a stupid motherfucker. It totally tracks with his character arc, though, so it's not bad writing. But what a dipshit. Unbelievable. Teenagers suck. Even if I did stoop to stealing all this shit from my dad, I could lie my way out of that situation in a way that no one gets in trouble. I've lied my way out of stupider shit. It, <laughs> this is not a situation where I leave the developmentally behind, not really a person person, to take the rap for my dumbassery. I am too smart for that. What I'm saying is, I'm better than Jim. That's not a high bar, but I'm better than Jim. Yeah, you could just walk on the ground and be better than Jim. Hey, yo, the bar is underground. So, they get into the house, they get into the room, and by they I mean Edward. The door swings shut behind him, and it locks in a million different ways, and an alarm goes off, and the police are alerted, which frankly I think is a bit dramatic. Yeah, I feel like- What kind of home security system auto-triggers a police response? I know a lot of home security systems- Every home security that, system? Well, I know they auto-trigger an emergency response, and by bog standard, that denotes a police officer in this country, but in the 90s- in 1990? Fair. But I also- A three-squad car response? That's not my question. The The police also have a way to disable the system because they say that we're disarming the yeah. system. But um, that's not my question. My question is, that dad is hiding way more than fucking technology in that room. Oh, yeah, it's gotta the, be. If you've seen it, the dad from Euphoria, and you know the one I'm talking about- Needed uh, that room. I don't know what that is, but anyways. Um, the, he basically gets arrested. Uh, and he, he's getting pulled out of the house. They tell him, come out with your hands up. And he comes out and he puts his hands up. But Edward's hands, as I'm sure we're all aware by now, are effectively weapons. They're razors, and also knives, and in some cases, scissors. So, they're telling him to drop his weapon, and he can't really. I mean, it's his hands. He can't take his hands off. They're his hands. So, he doesn't really know what to do. He's obeying as best he can, but... His hands are up. He's slowly walking towards This is 1990s America, so he does not automatically get shot. In the year of our Lord, 2024, if you come out to police demanding you put your weapons down and you've got knife hands, they're not going to ask more than one time. If you don't, they're just going to kill you because that's how it works now. The housewives save him and then immediately turn on him, too. Oh, yeah. They stop him being killed and just confirm all their suspicions that he's the bad guy that Esmeralda said he was. And we once again have Esmeralda being like, I told you he got Satan in him. Settle down, all right? No one likes you already. You're not making a case for yourself to be part of the gang, okay? And yet somehow at the end of the movie, she is a part of the gang. It's wild. So... Edward gets arrested and he goes to jail. 
And the cop, the the one cop who gets lines in the movie is our, uh, he is our token black person in the movie, uh, is yeah. the cop. Um, which I didn't make a note of, but I thought about it right now. He is our token black person. Because you were going to have to describe him, and then you were thinking about it. That's how that yep. goes. And he is an intelligent human being. And he's like, there's something that's not quite right with this guy. We should probably take care of him in like a non-threatening way. He's like, this guy needs some help. He even talks to the psychiatrist. He's like, is he going to be okay out there? And the psychiatrist is like, yeah, he'll be fine. What? Mental health in this country... Taking a real nosedive. ...has come a long way. In one way. Since then, but it's also still not great. Yep. We're it, getting better. It's still so funny to me, though, that he was like... He asked the psych, he's like, what's what's this guy's deal? And he's, like, genuinely interested in the answer. And the psych does, like, he's like, well, his extended isolation has left him not knowing right from wrong. Goes on, like, this big, long spiel, and the guy's like... And he breaks it down in a way that's like... Oh, okay. All of this tracks and makes sense. It's not like, oh, I wouldn't believe you unless you were a doctor. He's describing very simple logical answers as to why Edward got caught doing a crime. When was he really doing a crime? Not really. He was an accessory to a crime. Unknown to him. He didn't. He didn't know he was doing a crime. He didn't snitch. Sure, and he didn't narc either. So that's why he he took the blame for it. So technically, like, to the law, he looks like he did the crime. Right, but the one cop who's involved in the situation is like, I don't know about all this shit. And he tells Edward, he's like, take care of yourself, because this smells fishy to me, and sends him on his way. Uh, and the parents also came to the jail and talked to Edward, and they were like, damn those television programs! <laughs> They're like... Searching for any possible explanation as to why Edward would do crime. Social commentary again, because that's like the big thing from the late 80s, early 90s is like... The TV's ruining the damn children! The video games are making them violent. No. Cough, cough. School shootings. Ah, cough, cough. Like I said, early 90s. Right, so, Columbine. (laughs) The start of it all. Uh, It all went downhill from there. Uh, so Edward goes home, and he's just sort of there, and he's kind of shell-shocked by the whole ordeal, and then Winona Ryder comes home, and she's like, holy shit, you're here. And she's like, thank you for not snitching, and he's like, you're welcome. And it's like, oh shit, he knows. Anything else you want to say there, lady? He knows that you fucked him over, and he's not going to say anything about it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, best friend ever. He's not an arg. When they do eventually come home, by the way, the journalists hounding him to the door when he has been like a clearly shown like underdeveloped individual. That's fucked up. That's bad journalism. I've had myself a journalism class or two, and I decided I didn't want to do that for a career because I don't like the moral gray areas of journalism. And they dive directly into the bad parts of morally gray journalism. Uh, And they just hound him. Uh, And then Jim is in the backyard somehow. And he's hooting and hollering at Kim. And Kim leaves 
Edward to, to break up go with Jim. Break up with Jim, but he doesn't know that, and he's like, "Fuck this bitch," and he starts vandalism, uh, which is not a good look for him. Yeah, he gets jealous. He's just not sad. Jim. Edward. Edward gets jealous. That was a little confusing. Jim was already jealous for no reason. Jim. Oh, dude, it's so stupid. Jim's jealous of his own making. Because at the television showcase, when he when Edward gets asked if there's a special lady, Jim's like, oh, it's Kim. Oh, oh it's my girlfriend. And no one refutes him on it. And so he plants the seed in his mind that she's into Edward. And he just comes unglued you're at his own behest. It's hilarious. You're seeing the brilliance of the movie. Look at you. It's a well-written movie. He should have had that lady write all the rest of his movies. Maybe they would have been good, too. Some of his movies were based off other works, so we can only be so mad at him about- Listen, Roald Dahl is fucked up, okay? Do you think Roald Dahl and Tim Burton would have been friends? Yes! They're both social pariahs. They would have been great friends. Them and Dr. Seuss. And then fucking Johnny Depp made himself a social pariah. Sort of. By doing all the movies with Tim Burton. They would have their own little Inklings club. Like, Yeah, they were fucking weirdos. And Helena Bonham Carter was in there being a weirdo. And Winona Ryder was like, okay, guys, you're too weird for me. And moved on. She did, though. And, like, it, they were all so weird. Roald Dahl would have totally fit in in that club. But Roald Dahl is more fucked up than Tim Burton is. I don't think so. No, he is. <laughs> no, he for sure is. He wrote all the works. Tim Burton just put them into his own Have brain. Have you ever read the books? Uh, any Roald Dahl book? I read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He's a little fucked up. There's a lot more going on with the slavery of the Oompa Loompas. They don't get paid, bro. In the books, they're literally just pygmies. It's slavery. He kidnaps a bunch of dudes from elsewhere and makes them make confectionery. Roald Dahl is a bad man. Anyway. Bad. Anyway. The nice lady who wrote this movie is not bad. She just has some cynical takes on the neighborhood. She's not wrong. She clearly has some childhood trauma she's working through. Yes. Uh, so the, the, word, the, the wildfire rumor mill takes off, and word is going around that Edward practically raped Joyce, which is patently untrue. Um, also, how could he? He doesn't have the equipment. Uh... And then we get to Christmas, because time has had to pass somehow. And the neighborhood is collectively agreeing to not go to the Bill annual. and Peg's annual Christmas party. Bill doesn't really give a rat's ass about what's happening. He's, he's just, just singing carols he's and singing decorating. carols and decorating his house. Uh, and Edward is calmed down at this point and is uh, doing ice sculptures which is great. That's phenomenal. Tremendous. He's really expanding in on his art. He's expanding his Yeah, he's expanding mediums. his horizons. Um, his artistic medium, he started with shrubbery, got into hair, has and ice now. Kim 
sees snow in her backyard and is like, the fuck? And goes outside. And he's working the stuff and he's like really locked in on what he's making. It's this 20 foot tall sculpture. He's on a ladder just going to town. He doesn't even notice her. He doesn't honestly. even see her, which makes the rest of the sequence just that more sad. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even see her. He's doing his thing. And she is just enthralled with the fact that she's seeing snow for effectively the first time, I would imagine. And she's dancing around in it. Now, having lived in Texas for the last five years. This is like a thing that actually happens. I have seen children who have never seen snow before witness snow coming from the sky on natural for the first time. And it's one of the most joyful things there is. It's such a treat to get to see a child witness snow for the first time because it's a marvel. It's something you could never even put into words as a child. And kids, especially kids in Texas, who don't get it ever, got it like two years in a row, which is dope. To the detriment of the state. But. It was really cute for a minute. It was really cute for five minutes. (laughs) And so it's totally plausible and downright understandable and warranted. That she would see the snow and just like go into a trance-like dance in it. She's just spinning around, enjoying it. It melts on her face. She's tasting it on her tongue. It's movie magic, right? It's great. And then she gets a little bit too close to Edward as he's coming down and doing more detailed work. And he's working, and he's working, he does a flourish, and she catches her palm. That's not what happens. What happens? Jim walks up and yells oh, Jim, and yeah. he scares oh, yeah. Edward. Jim startles him. I forgot about that. And then he swings and he catches her. He probably didn't need to swing so wide anyway, but he swings wide, catches her hand, and she goes, ow. And then Jim acts like he's being chivalrous and defending her. Which he's not. And she's like, get the fuck away from me, you fucking creep. And so he tries to start attacking Edward to be the he's good guy. Bullying, bullying Edward and shoving him. And he tells him to go home, go away, get out of here. And uh, it, Edward does. And uh, fucking Bill sees it and he's like, Ed, where are you going? Whoa, what are you Not doing? hearing any of that happen. He's really just in his own world up there on the roof. Putting that um, fake snow down is really mind consuming. He's really locked in. Uh, and Edward scurries off. And then... He has himself a little tantrum, and he starts destroying some shrubberies. He has some big feelings he doesn't know how to express. That is just the truth of the fact. Um, Even though he's better now than he was when they found him, he's still basically a kid. And he's got some big feelings. He's been bullied. He's experiencing some trauma and betrayal for the first time. And he goes out, and he takes the leg off of a sculpture he's made, and he's just rampaging around. He sticks some knives and some car tires and he's just pissy and he's ripping his clothes off to reveal his dark interior leather and he's just going around and he's not really being much other than like a guy who's walking around uh other than deflating the car I was like other than some small acts of vandalism he's doing mostly harmless vandalism mostly uh, and the housewives immediately call the police because they're bitches. And the police roll up and it's the same cop. And he's like, eh, 
don't know about none of this. And he's just sort of looking around for him. Uh, he's not really working hard to find him. Uh, he's sort of cruising. And Edward is just sad and frustrated. And he creates a little devil shrine outside the hyper-religious lady's house, which is exactly what the fuck she deserves. Um, it's the best best moment in this entire movie. Mo- it's a tremendous moment. And he's sitting in a driveway, just sort of like trying to process stuff. And a dog comes up and sits right next to him. And he cuts the hair off the front of the dog's face so the dog can see properly. And he gets a little smile and the dog scurries away and he sees the cops and he says, police, and he runs away, which is the appropriate response to seeing police. Unless the police have already seen you, in which case do not run away. Yeah, because if you approach them, they'll shoot you. If you run away, they'll shoot you. So you have to like play the middle ground and just like be leery. Um, In case it's unclear, I distrust the police state. I'm terrified of most police officers. So So he scurries off and he runs to his uh, fucked up house and wait. No, he is not yet. No, he goes back home. He goes back home. Yep. Because we Uh, have to have the whole drunk shit. We have to have an interaction with Winona Ryder again. Uh, And he he has this interaction that's supposed to, I guess, play for a love story, but it doesn't. Um, And they, they have their little interaction, and then we see, we have a cutaway to Jim and his buddy getting hammered in the back of their van, and then Jim's like, I'll go kill him myself, which is a bit drastic. You, you're gonna, I mean, he does bring a gun to a knife fight, so he is trying, but, like, also, Edward has giant knives for hands. It's not a knife fight you were ever gonna win, you gotta cheat to win. Uh, dude's insane. Uh, so he's like, I'll go kill him myself, which is stupid because he doesn't have a reason. He's got a drunk reason, which is not a reason. And so he gets his buddy to drive drunk to their house and his buddy protests and then does. He's like, don't make me drive. He says, I don't want to drive. I don't want. I feel like I'm going to pass out. I feel unwell. I don't want to do this. And his friend's like, I'll fucking kill you. Jim is just descended into madness at this point and he's like i'll fucking kill you and so his friend's like fine jesus christ okay better than dying i guess and drives gonna die anyways you drive that drunk yeah so he's just sweeping all over the road left and right and kevin uh has a moment where he forgets how to be a person uh and doesn't hear the car doesn't look both ways doesn't look both ways when crossing the street edward sees the van Sees Kevin, tackles Kevin out of the way of the cr- out of the car, uh, and saves him from being killed. Uh, Which no one sees or cares about that part. Winona Ryder sees it, but doesn't say anything because she doesn't know how to be a person. Uh, and he accidentally cuts up Kevin's face a little bit, trying to calm him down and you know make sure he's okay. He cuts up his face because his hands are made of knives, uh, and he freaks out and. Some neighborhood dad is like, hey, get off of him. And Edward swings wide again. And, you know, he's got knives for hands. And so he slashes this guy in the neck. And then he's like, oh, 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 and Edward is just like freaking out. He's just, oh, boy, it's a lot going on right now. And then Jim comes and attacks Edward. And Jim comes and is like bashing on him. And Edward like stabs him in the arm, which is fair. Uh, And. 
Jim is like, oh, oh, look what he did to me. Pussy. Pussy. He's very- You started this fight. You, at the very least, could try to finish it instead of being like, oh, he hit me. Oh. He has a very Draco Malfoy moment. Oh my right God. There. I've- I have to calm down. Uh, did I dredge up a memory of Draco Malfoy for you? In the world of bad guys in Harry Potter, Draco Malfoy is the biggest fucking bitch. Yeah. Voldemort's evil, but he's bad at it. Fucking, who's the fucking Hitler? Grindelwald is evil and he's good at it. Welcome, Johnny Depp, to another role you were robbed of. Grindelwald is evil and he's good at it. And that's horrifying. Draco Malfoy is such a fucking pussy. Yep. He's literally a coward. It's not his fault all the way. His dad's a manipulative bitch. And his abusive. dad's also a pussy. His dad is a pussy, but he's at least willing to hit children. So, you know, he's got that going for him. He does try to kill Harry Potter at one point. He has no qualms with abusing children. Like, he literally tries so to So anyways, it. Jim Sorry. is Draco Malfoy. There we go. But we don't have evidence of him being abused as a child, so we can only assume he's just a bad guy. So, Jim is a giant roach of a human. Uh, and all this results in Winona Ryder running up to Edward and just being like, run. And I said, it, dude, I said it out loud before she said it in the movie. And I was like, good job, James. You know how to write movies. Because uh, the cops are coming. And Edward goes, Edward okay. Runs. Edward's <laughs> like, great, I will run. And runs. And he runs back to his manor, manor on top of the hill. The cop rolls up crawls his little squad car in after him, gets out of his car and is like, no, stop, come back. Gets out of the view of the mob <laughs> he, that is he, coming. Out of the view of the mob of housewives and their husbands and their children. He's like, no, 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 ah. And he fires his gun a bunch of times in the air and is like, get the hell out of here. He whispers to himself because Edward's nowhere to be seen. And he holsters his gun uh, and he goes back out and he's like, it's all over. Go away. But then does not do a good cop thing and stay there to ensure that no one addresses the dead body. Uh, and so it results in a mob forming and going up the hill to the house. Uh, and we don't know how, but Winona Ryder beat the mob to the house in order to have some more interactions with uh, Edward. Also, the mob takes like nearly 10 minutes to climb up that mount, like that hill. Yeah, they do take their time. Because like there's a whole... Slight romance, then there's a fight, and then... A fight that Edward just straight up is losing for all of the time. Another conversation, and then they get up there. Like... And it's, you they, know, if I'm Jim, right, I know I'm a giant pussy, and I brought a gun to this fight, and I whiffed, first of all. I whiffed my first shot, and then... Something, something, I lose my gun in the fight. It gets, I think it's buried under the rubble. It gets buried in the rubble or what have you. I've seen Edward take a cinder block to the back of the head and go down. So I pick up an iron cudgel effectively and I kick him and then I hit him in the back with the iron cudgel. And Edward just tries to get back up. After three more rounds, he hits him a bunch I did not bother counting. It was so many times. 
He just keeps hitting him. After three more strikes to his back, I would probably give up and run away because at that point in the fight that I am winning, I would have perceived he doesn't hurt. He grunts when you hit him, but he seems to have this Terminator-esque forward momentum in that he just keeps coming. He just keeps getting back up. It's not like in Rocky, where he gets the shit beat out of him and he comes back for more, more haggard than the last time. It's like the Terminator. He just gets back up. No worse for wear. Edward takes no noted damage in this fight, and Jim gets battered, stabbed, and thrown out of a window. Never a fight he was going to win. So then he gets battered, stabbed, and thrown out of a window. Um, after he tosses Winona Ryder. Uh, yeah, because Winona Ryder hits him in the back of the head, and so he comes around after her, and that's when Edward's like, <laughs> no. And and Edward said, well, I guess you'll have to die. And literally killed him. And literally did kill him. Uh, and I don't think he was bothered by that at all. Uh, and then Winona Ryder's like, okay, goodbye. And goes and does her best to convince the mob that he has been killed and they should not continue to look for him. So she does the cop's job for them. I mean, like, she did save him. Like, she said goodbye, like, okay, bye, but it was more like And then a, she said, I love you, and we don't have to talk about that because that's silly. I was just more saying it was more like a remorseful bye. Like, she's she knows that... She can never come back here. Yeah. she And he can never come down. Yep. It's uh, it's hurried, but effectively communicated that this is the end of your interaction with normal people, um, which is the great way to end a tragedy. And she convinces them that he's dead because she finds a spare scissor hand. And uh, she's like, do you want to fucking see? Here it is. And they all go, oh, fine. And they all go home. No one takes Jim's body either. Yeah, they just sort of leave his ass there. <laughs> she's like, they killed each other. The end. And everyone's like... And no one questioned it. Everyone's just like, boo. Lame, lame end of the story. I walked all the way up here for this? Fucking assholes. And so they carry on back down the hill. Uh, Edward lives a solitary, sad life, uh, trimming his hedges at his manor. And not making, interacting with people. Making it snow. Oh, yeah, and then he, he he gets that Amazon Prime delivery subscription of giant ice blocks to his manor so that he can do up snow. Because remember, that's the reason this whole, where we even know this story, right, is because we're, we're explaining talking to the snow. about snow. And, and then occurs, as we see him doing the snow, that we actively see happening at the beginning of the movie, Oh, he can't age either. He was born looking like 27-year-old Johnny Depp, and he will remain that way forever, which is tragedy. It's a tragedy. Now, we've done a lot of movies on this show. We've done a lot of movies. We used to do it on Twitch. Now we do it on YouTube. You can find all of them where podcasts are found. We have done some real stinkers. 
Viva Rock Vegas comes immediately. Viva to Rock mind. Vegas. We have done some Harry Potter shit. Done all the Harry Potter shit. We would do Twilight if I hadn't already had to watch all of them. We did Fifty Shades of Grey, for God's sakes. This movie, I was so ready for it to be bad. I strictly do not like Tim Burton movies. I don't care for his art style, and that's just a personal thing. Don't you do it. No, I was... I I just haven't liked what he does in terms of his art. It's not to say that there's anything wrong with it. It's just not for me. I was really expecting this to be another one like James and the Giant Peach, which was just a nightmare front to back, and I ranted and raved about it. It's a great episode. You listen to it. It was an alarming episode No, it was me. an alarming episode. I, I dove not, into some trauma. I was not expecting that episode to go it the got way it did. It got real deep. This movie was... One I would watch again. It has a phenomenal cast. The art direction's incredible. It's so unlike any of the other monstrosities that Tim Burton has made. I really, really enjoyed it. I won't say it's like 10 out of 10, great, but I'll give it like a 7, with the only real downside to it being that there was a hurried and nonsense romance to it that never needed to be there. Um, It's just so good. The story is good. It's a great commentary on not being a giant piece of shit in every regard. Uh, It, you know, I really thought it was going to be bad. And I was so pleasantly surprised to find that it was not bad. Um, and next one we're doing is Corpse Bride, and we're back to Tim Burton animation, so I'm sure it'll be fucking awful. It's also a musical. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> man. That means I'll have lyric content? Oh, you'll want to be there for that. Is that next weekend? Because uh, we're doing them more frequently now? As best we can? Mm, I What's next weekend? Fuck if I know. We have stuff doing going D&D on. next weekend? maybe next week we might do one next weekend if we don't it'll be after that um so corpse bride coming up next uh that'll be the next one you hear in podcast land uh thank you very much for listening i don't say it very often in the recordings but thank you very much for listening we appreciate all of your downloads and listens especially that one person in oregon yeah that one person in oregon and also shouts out to brazil this month way to listen guys Appreciate you. Have a wonderful night.